This is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Breakfast Show as it always is at this hour of the morning. And, of course, we're into our Bible study time, Encounter with God. Before we do, we have another clue for our quiz. We do indeed. This is clue number four. I am the king of Salem and the high priest. My name means king of righteousness. Okay, so we have uh, the king of righteousness, king of Salem. Indeed. Who is this person? If you know who this person is. Later became known as, sorry. No, I was just going to. Give the number. Yeah, I was just going to add a little extra clue here because the if you, you, you Salem, the city Salem later became known as Jerusalem. Ah, who was the former king of that city before it was known as Jerusalem? Anyway, uh, Liam, give us the number. Yeah, if you think you know who this is, give us a call at one eight hundred three two four eight four three or send us a text at zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. And of course, if you are the first person to call in with the correct answer, we will be sending you a copy of uh, Doug Batchelor's "Should Christians Keep the Jewish Feasts." Okay, that's the that's the number to call. You know what to do. Give us a call right now. Uh, this week we are studying the origin and the nature of the Bible. Today we're going to look at, yesterday we looked at the process of inspiration. Today we're looking at the written word of God. And we're going to start in Exodus chapter 34. If you could turn for us there, please, Liam. Exodus chapter 34 as we dig into our Bible study. And while he's flicking over there, just want to remind everybody to grab the Faith FM app so that you can listen to Faith FM wherever you are in Australia with a perfect signal. And just simply run that through your car stereo through either uh, a tape insert Auxiliary cord or Bluetooth. Whatever gets the job done for you. Absolutely. Best way to listen to the radio while you are traveling. What have you got for us there, Liam? All right. Exodus chapter 34, verse 27. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write down all these instructions, for they represent the terms of the covenant I am making with you and with Israel. Okay, so the covenant which, you know, we often talk about the Old Covenant, the New Covenant, the Old Testament, the New Testament, um, and, uh, you know, the, the different covenants that were made, etc. You know, the Bible is often referred to as a covenant. Um, it's all about God's relationship with his people. And here we find that Moses is told to write it down. This is the first time that the Word of God was ever written down. Yes. What I find interesting about this is that the world had been going for around about two and a half thousand years yeah. before God said, write it down. Yeah. Why didn't God have, say, Abraham or Noah or Methuselah or Adam to write it down? Mm. Why wasn't it written down until this particular point? Yeah. Maybe Moses was a very he'd had a, he had the experience of being in the Egyptian uh, palace aristocracy. Uh, yeah, he he had the education. So maybe it's because no none of the, and the others were educated men, educated mm-hmm. people. But when you have the education that Moses had, 
it's something that's just a little yeah. It's like the okay. Well, let's go back to then Abraham. Yes, you know, because you're going back another what four, five, six hundred years previous to this particular yes. point. Yeah. So if you talk about Abraham, he was one of the most significant, if not the most significant, uh, citizens of Ur, and we know that the art of writing existed in Ur in the Mesopotamian Valley. And uh, even if Abraham was not literate himself, yes. There would have been somebody in his household who was. When you have a household that numbers in the thousands, you're going to have somebody there who can keep records and is a scribe. Yeah. We know that from ancient history and from ancient culture, particularly you know the culture that the civilization that was based around Ur. So why not have Abraham to write it down or to dictate it to to a scribe to write it down? Why was it not necessary until this particular point? This is an interesting question to think about. I'm going to toss out some ideas in relationship to this, some things that might even be a little bit surprising. With many cultures that do not have a written uh, culture, they have an oral culture. And the way they pass on history in an oral culture is through storytelling. Yeah. Uh, there are many of them in existence in the world today, and it even frustrates me when I'm working with, uh, and I'm sure I frustrate them tremendously, when I'm working with countries that have an oral culture. Yeah. And as soon as you try and communicate with these countries via email, it becomes, you send the email and it just disappears off into the ether because this country has an oral culture. They're just not used to communicating in a written format. We have a written culture. Yeah. You know, that goes back, you know, through our British heritage, through our Roman heritage, you know, back through Greek heritage, of course, being Christian, we have it going back here to the time of Moses. We have a deeply entrenched written culture where when we want to communicate with other people, we write it down. Yeah. If you go to some developing countries that have never, ever had that in their past history, their past culture, and it's never soaked in, they will have an email address. Yeah. They just don't use it. Yeah. If you want to communicate with them, you've got to get on the phone yeah, or, and have a conversation. Or go see them in person. Or go see them in person, which is about the most effective way of doing it because, you know, you get this situation where you're working with a developing country and you're working with people in that developing country and they may not have the best English and they may not have the best phone line. And so oral communication is really challenging. Yeah. But often it's the only form of communication that's ever going to work because their, their, their minds are wired differently to ours. Mm. Okay, so previous to Moses writing down the Word of God, writing the first five books of the Bible, the Word of God was transmitted to God's people orally. Yes. Okay, so what's the danger with an oral culture? Oh, it's, it's a little bit like the Chinese whispers thing, where okay. it's, you could tell one person one thing, and then they go tell another person one thing, and then another thing. And eventually, over time, people may drop out words that they think are insignificant, and that may, in turn, result in the story being changed. Yes. Um, it's, it's, it's about the, the context, I guess. Absolutely. Um, and, so of course, yeah. you, know, you get some of these ancient documents, like the uh, story of the Odyssey or something like that, and where you've got, uh, you know, between your oldest copy and your next oldest copy, there's a gap of like, you know, 600 years or something yeah. or other. And uh, you find that there are significant changes that have crept in because people like to embellish the story. They like to improve on it. Yep. And you can have that taking place. Okay. So the question then is, by the time the story comes down to Moses, how do we know that what Moses was writing down was accurate? Because if it's been passed down through two and a half 
thousand years through oral culture, how do we know that what he was receiving was actually accurate information? Well, I guess we've just got to... In, in the short, we don't. But one thing I think we need to have is we need to have faith that what God has, has passed down throughout his people is what needs to be told. Yeah, and the question that goes along with it is why didn't God write it sooner? You know, surely there was a danger of oral culture diluting the gospel message, so why not write it down sooner? Okay, I'm going to bring up some uh, thoughts in relationship to this, and I think they're important thoughts. First of all, when Moses writes uh, the first five books of the Bible, he does so under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And uh, because it's done under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, anything that has crept in through oral transmission that has been incorrect is automatically wiped out. Yes. Uh, the second thing that we need to look at, of course, is that up until this particular point, they did not need it to be written down. No. Writing was invented for the purpose of dealing with human forgetfulness. Yeah. Without forgetfulness, writing is irrelevant. Yeah. And so uh, if we go back to, say, Adam, Adam comes out of the Garden of Eden and he is one millimicro step from perfection. Yes. And so... Um, being that millimicroscope step from perfection, we find that you know he would have had almost perfect memory. You know, ninety-nine point nine percent perfect memory, and he would have only had to have the memory of him. Whereas right. the next person, which would have been Abel, had he not been killed, that he would have had to have the memory. So he's adding some more information. Yeah, he would have had his memory as well as Adam's memory, mm-hmm. and it's sort of it's like the game, the, the the games that you play where you say, "I went to the shop and I bought this," and the next person says, "I went to the shop, I bought what the previous person bought and what I bought." And okay. so it goes around the circle. So you've got to remember, you've you've got to have in your memory what you know what happened in your life as well as what happened in every single person's life before you. And it gets to the point where there's there's just too much. Ah, now that's an interesting thought. Yeah. yeah there's there's you need another way of of remembering what's happening. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so let's come back to this idea of near-perfect memory. Yes. And let's say it's 99.999999% perfect. Do you need to write things down? No. No, you don't. You don't because it's, it's going to be, you know, accurately transmitted. Okay, so then we have a situation where Adam can share the gospel story with Methuselah and can share it perfectly with Methuselah. Okay. All right, so that's a thousand years down the track now. Um, you because know, Adam lives for nearly a thousand years, Methuselah lives for nearly a thousand years. These are long lifespans. One, one question that I've often pondered is that I very, I, I sometimes I forget what happened to me the day before. For these guys that were almost a thousand years old, it, it, I'm amazed. I'm just, yeah, I know, amazed at how they could remember what happened a uh-huh. hundred, two hundred, almost a thousand years old, about nine hundred years before where they are now. We think our information technology is amazing as it is in our world right now. There is no contrast to what the human brain is actually capable of in its perfection. I mean, you know, you just think about size, for instance. I mean, if uh, humans were proportional to animals, then, you know, human beings would have been 12 to 14 feet high, which would have had a brain that was like, you know, the size of, uh, I don't even know what it would, it would be a huge, enormous great thing. Something big. Something something very big would be the size of like two of your pillows 
and it would uh, you know you think about the calculating capacity of an organ that big that's going to be really quite astounding yeah um, and okay so it goes from Adam to Methuselah yes from Methuselah to Shem okay from Shem to Jacob mm. that is only one two three uh, sorry uh, to Methuselah to Shem to Jacob there's three transmissions yes so you've only repeated the story three times by the time it goes to Jacob so you could all, you'd be fairly certain or almost certain that it was relatively even when you play the Chinese whisper game after it's gone to three people it's still the it's, original yeah, message yeah you might have just the slightest embellishment but you're going to have very very little now if you then take into consideration the fact that these are human beings who are so much closer to perfection than what we are you know we are degraded by 6000 years of sin you know and our memories are poor our bodies are weak we live short lifespans um, we are nothing we're just a faint reflection of what we used to be and so you take those two things into into consideration it's only gone through three generations by the time it gets to Jacob and it has gone through three generations of people who are near perfect this is true near perfect you know physically yeah you're not going to lose the word of God there's no need to write it down mm. but after Jacob what happens to God's people they go into they go to the story of Joseph happens and they yep. go to in, into Egypt and then eventually into slavery. That's right. So they go into slavery, they become slaves for the next 400 years and we find that during that time the word of God is lost because when Moses is talking with God and God says, go back and tell my people it's time to leave Egypt, he's like, well, who am I going to tell, those, tell your people has sent me because they don't even know who you are. Mm. And so as soon as they come out of Egyptian captivity, the first thing that God does the first thing that God says is, write it down. Mm. Because now human beings have been degraded to the point that their memory is too weak to be able to maintain oral transmission of the gospel story. Indeed, yeah. Now, what's interesting when you study ancient history is that the invention of writing itself you know, only predates this period by about 500 years. Mm-hmm. Why wasn't writing in existence before then? You know, you've got incredibly advanced civilizations and advanced people, but writing itself hasn't even come along until this particular period. And the reason is it gives us it gives us evidence to show, you know, the perfection of humanity. And writing is not just a way to to keep memories; it's also a way to help educate people as well. Mm. So you'd imagine that surely they would have had some, not maybe not necessarily writing. But a, a way of demonstration that they used to teach the, the people of their time, whether that was children or whether it was people studying to become a certain, you know, whatever, whether it was writers or a trade or perhaps the, the hierarchy of Egypt. Okay, let's go to Exodus chapter 17, verse 14. Exodus 17 and verse 14. Uh, Liam, if you could share that one for us, please. Okay. 17 17, verse 14. It says, After the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar where he named it Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. 
Okay, now I'm going to go over to 24 verse 4. Right. Flicking the pages. 24 verse 4. It says, Then Moses carefully wrote down all the Lord's instructions. Early the next morning, Moses got up and built an altar at the foot of the mountain. He also set up 12 pillars, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. Okay, so this is interesting because God is doing a number of different things here. Um, he is writing things down and building memorials at the same time. Yeah. Interesting to see how this has become a part of our culture today. Yes. Because wherever you go, you're going to find memorials. You know, war memorials are the most uh, um, common ones that we have here in Australia. Mm -hmm. And you have things publicly written down, history that is recorded, you know, there on that war memorial or an association with it that tells, you know, the names of people who gave their lives, the stories often you'll find associated with uh, those individuals. And really this goes back to a point where God wanted people to remember something. When he wants to remember, he does two things. Number one, he writes it down. And number two, he builds a memorial. Yeah. That's why when you come to the Sabbath, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, uh, he does two things. One of them is that he writes it down and gives us a commandment. And the other is that he builds a memorial. Yeah. Um, and, of course, the whole of creation is the memorial of the Sabbath day. Indeed. Okay, so God is instructing Moses that you need to write this stuff down so that future generations will know about it. And, of course, three and a half thousand years later, we're reading about it today. Mm. So, obviously, it had quite a—it fulfilled its task, its purpose. Yep. And it continues to fulfill its purpose. All right, Revelation chapter 1, verse 11. Revelation 1 and verse 11. We'll go to the other end of the Bible. Flick to We've got it. a few different uh, verses here. What All right, Revelation 1, verse 11 says, It said, Write in a book everything you see, and send it to the seven churches in the city in the cities of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Theatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Okay, so he is told to write the book of Revelation. Yep. Everything that he's about to see, because the angel's like, okay, I'm going to show you a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Everything that I show you after this particular point, you need to write this down and send it to these seven churches. Now, there's, a, there's an advantage to that as well, because, you know, you've got multiple copies and it's going to be easier to preserve um, as it goes out to those seven churches. What does it say in verse uh, 19? Verse 19, it says, uh, moving down the page a bit, write down what you have seen, both the things that are now happening and the things that will happen. This is the meaning of the mystery of the seven stars you saw in my right hand and the seven gold lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. So there's quite an insistence in the book of Revelation. Yeah. Write it down. Write it down. Write everything down. Make notes of what is taking place. Yeah. Don't let anything escape. Uh, chapter 21 and verse 5. Chapter 21 of Revelation and verse 5. It says, And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And 20 verse, 22, verse 18 and 19. 22, verse 18 and 19 says, uh, And I solemnly declare to everyone who hears the words of prophecy written in this book, if anyone adds anything to what is written here, God will add to that 
person the plagues described in this book. And if anyone removes any of the words from this book of prophecy, God will remove that person's share in the tree of life and in the holy city that are described in this book. Okay, so when we go through the book of Revelation, we have this insistence over and over and over and over again, write it down, write it down, write it down, write it down. And you can kind of tell when you read the book of Revelation why you know God was so insistent to write it down and to write every detail because it is an incredibly detailed book. It would be very easy for the book of Revelation. You imagine if you tried to pass Revelation down on through oral tradition. That's that, yeah. <laughs> and the next level challenging right there. Anyway, we're going to listen to a song about the Bible. This one is called The Word. The Word, read from the start, was with God. He made a life. The Word, He lived with us.
back, guys. That was uh, Eric and Monique with The Word. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. And we are in our Bible study section time. Don't forget that uh, this Saturday morning, as we do every Saturday morning during the coronavirus lockdown, we have small group Bible study right here on Faith FM Radio for those who are, uh, particularly for those who are unable to attend a worship service or a small group Bible study. Um, via one of the Zoom or Facebook uh, formats that we have available. There's, you can do it right here on Faith FM um, Australia. And we would love to have your company. We certainly enjoyed the company of the people that we were sharing with. Uh, last Saturday morning, people were calling up and having a good time. Um, Chris and Bruce and others. It was fantastic. All right, so what have we got here for our next clue? Nobody's got this Not one yet. Not quite yet. It is a little bit of a, of a tricky one, but... I'm sure if you put all the clues together, I reckon you can get it. All right, clue number five. The book of Hebrews tells us that Jesus is a priest after my order. Okay. The book of Hebrews tells us that Jesus... A priest after the order of... My order. Blank. This person, if you know who this person is, please give us a call at 1-800-324-843 or send us a text at 0491-064-669. And of course, we will be sending you your very own copy of Doug Batchelor's Should Christians Keep the Jewish Feasts? And of course, during our last Bible study section, we mentioned Shem briefly. And here's an extra clue for you. There is a relatively strong argument um, and, of course, we don't know. But there's a relatively strong argument out there that this person's other m- name may have been Shem. One of the people are always wondering about who this person might be. There we go. It's a mystery. Maybe Endless possibilities. Maybe his other name was Shem. Uh, Producer Shell is, like, looking at me shocked through the, through the glass right there, like, really? Yeah. There's uh, a few different theories running around about this uh, Mysterious individual. Indeed, I, we did have one one person came in and thought it was God. Uh, well, uh, while th- that was after the first ah, clue. Now that was a good that was a good try. I tell you why it was yeah. a good try because this person is another clue, is a type. Yes, a symbol. Yes. of Jesus Christ, who is God. So yeah, that was after the first clue. All right. I, yeah. Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 2. Jeremiah 30 and verse 2. Let's see what the Bible says over here where we are looking at uh, the written word of God. We're particularly looking at the, uh, the written word of God is, you know, for me, that's kind of my favorite part because it's mm. something really tangible I can get my hands onto. And it was great to have David helped earlier talking about the need and the importance of getting into the word of God during this time of lockdown. Indeed. All right. So J- Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 2. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Write down for the record everything I have said to you, Jeremiah. For the time is coming when I will restore the fortunes of my people of Israel and Judah. I will bring them home to this land, and I gave their to I will bring them home to this land that I gave to their ancestors, and they will possess it again. I the Lord have spoken. Why do you think this is particularly important at this time? The, what he said or that he was Jeremiah, writing it down? Yeah, Jer- why, why was it particularly important that Jeremiah write this down? It's a significant part of history. And since almost every significant thing that has happened in, in history, or everything, that is, everything that is significant that has happened in history, it has been written down. Mm. And it's a way of helping to educate and pass on the the stories and messages to the ongoing generations. And I think this story here, what the Lord is saying is, or what's happening in the time of Jeremiah, 
it is a significant time in history. So if you th- if you stop and think about it for a moment, so Jeremiah's in Jerusalem and then he ends up down in Egypt, which is, you know, sort of a long way away. And then you've got... You, God's people are kind of scattered. You've got uh, Samaritans that are kind of left back in Judah. You've got um, some of... You know, a small contingent of mercenaries that have gone down to Egypt and Jeremiah's gone with them. And then the rest of them have gone into Babylonian captivity. So they're kind of spread all over the world. If this was to be, if, if you know, read the prophecy of Jeremiah sometime and let's say that you're going to transmit that by oral transmission all the way from Egypt to Babylon back in those days, then how are you really going to trust it unless it's actually written down? Yeah, that's and a lot know, of mouths to pass through. That's right, and it's a lot of distance to cover in those days. Uh, even in today's day and age, that's a decent that's a decent journey. You know, if you can give us a couple of days driving at least to get across that um, distance of land, and so um, yeah, that's 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 a, that's a good effort. And so if you think about this, and and of course we know that it it travelled that distance because Daniel in Daniel chapter nine references the fact that he has been reading the prophecy of Jeremiah. Yes. So Jeremiah's written it down, you know, probably in Egypt. As a as another person of prophecy, he's, he's reading other people for, I guess, inspiration, I suppose, or, or helping to understand, you know, these are the messages I'm receiving. How do I know that they're true? Other people have... Other people have had this, so yeah. So basically, what what you've got in Daniel is that Daniel receives a time prophecy he doesn't understand, and so he's looking for time prophecies. Yeah, and he finds a time prophecy in Jeremiah. Uh, the one that he doesn't understand is the one about the rebuilding of the or the, the the cleansing of the sanctuary. Yeah, yeah. And the one that he finds in Jeremiah is about the rebuilding of the temple, and so he's cross referencing the two. Together. Yeah, making sure that everything's lining up. Yeah, to uh, to, to to get it to work there. Okay, let's go over to uh, Joshua 24, verse 26. We've got a number of verses here today. Let's uh, keep digging into them as we work our way through this particular Bible study. Joshua chapter 24 and verse 26. Um, And so you've got Joshua here who calls God's people together um, to to, to hear what he has to say. Uh, These are kind of like his final words. So uh, Joshua 24, verse 26. Joshua recorded these things in the book of God's instructions. As a reminder of their agreement, he took a huge stone and rolled it beneath the tabernacle tree beside the tabernacle of the Lord. Okay, so... uh, A significant event with a memorial. That's right. And so once again, they've been gathered together, and and they're, they're recommitting their lives to Jesus Christ. And so this is kind of like... What we might have in today's Christian church where you might have, say, for instance, a mass rebaptism. Yeah. So these are people that have been committed to God. They have um, been fully dedicated to his service. As a result of that, they've come into the land of Israel. Joshua has led them into the land of Israel. They have arrived there, and um, after having arrived there, they have... Uh, you know, established themselves, they've settled in, they've built homes, they've uh, become comfortable and they've been comfortable for quite a number of years now. 
And the danger is when people become comfortable, they tend to wander away from God. They don't have to fight anymore. There's no more battles to be fought. They're not putting their life on the line. There's no risk to be taken. There's no danger anywhere. They are relaxed and taking things easily. And this is where Satan tends to come in. And many of them had started to wander from God. I got to, I'll be honest, this has happened to me before where I was in a situation where, where I was just dependent on, on God. And, you know, things had been happening, these miracles. I'm. God, thank you so much. It, w- it was a literal, oh my God, I can't thank you enough for what you have been doing. And y- and then I got too complacent with these things. And I just thought, oh, you know, he did this once. He's going to continue to do it. And, and it doesn't exactly work. Well, I mean, it does work like that. But God has a special way of working. You so easily wander away from Yeah, and, and I just drifted off and got really complacent and expected these things to happen because I wanted them to happen. Because, you know, God had done these things that I wanted before. Well, before, when it happened previously, it was part of his plan. But these things that are happening now that I want might not necessarily be part of his plan. Okay, and so Joshua calls the people together. They recommit themselves to God. They have like the equivalent of a rebaptism where they reaffirm their oath to the covenant. And Joshua writes it down as a testimony. It's casting crowns. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word just to rest upon his promise just to know thus saith the Lord Jesus Jesus how trust him how I proved you more and more Jesus Jesus precious Jesus oh for grace to trust him so glad I learned to trust him precious Jesus Savior friend and I know that he is with me will be with me to the end Jesus Jesus how trust him how I proved you more and more Jesus Jesus precious Jesus oh for grace to trust him Jesus, how I 
trust Him team here at Faith FM are encouraging you to stay positive and look out for others in this virus season. But maybe it's you that's in a tough spot right now due to the coronavirus. Maybe you're running low on supplies, out of work, stuck in self-quarantine or just needing someone to chat to. We don't have any magic solutions, but there are many community services available to help. And if you don't know where to turn, contact us on 1-800-FAITH-FM through our website or on Facebook and we may be able to connect you with someone in your community who can offer support. Remember that's one 800 Faith FM on our website faithfm.com.au or via Facebook. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au.
You're listening to CC Winans with Never Have to Be Alone. This is the Breakfast Show, and we have come to question of the day time. And I just got to say, people send in all kinds of questions. Before we get to that interesting question, though, we did have a winner for our quiz. Levi from Tari correctly guessed the, or correctly knew that the answer, of course, was uh, how do you pronounce it? His name, this person's uh, name, Melchizedek. Melchizedek. That's the one. Mel Kizadek. So, well done, Levi. Congratulations. Now, our question of the day. Yep. It, hey, it, make, take, it takes all types to make the world go round. And if you've got a question to ask, then send it through. Absolutely. We'll have a crack at it. If you've got some input, 0491064669 or 1-800-324-843. But the question that we've got today is... Are you aware of David Icke or Ike and his claims about the reptilians, an alien tribe that has come here and rules the world through the British royal family, the Bush family, etc., and its connection, the reptilians, with the Merovingian dynasty, which claims that its origins are from the child of Jesus and Mary Magdalene? Okay, so there's a fairly long and detailed question right there. And, of course, we are delving into the area of conspiracy theories this morning. And uh, the danger with conspiracy theories is this. Some of them are true. Yeah. The problem is that most of them are not. Mm. And you get ones like this, for instance, you know, that is centered around uh, the Bush family or something or other. And suddenly the Bush family disappears off the world radar. And it's like, well, actually, what happened to that conspiracy theory? And where did that one disappear to? Mm. You know, what happened there? And we end up making fools out of ourselves. Um, And so, uh, yeah, David Icke is a very, very intelligent individual, very, very smart. He has mastered the mastered how to make himself incredibly wealthy mm. by basically telling the most incredulous stories that there are out there yeah. that will be accepted by credulous people. And so one of the things you're going to find with uh, conspiracy theories is that the bigger the lie, the easier it is to tell. Yes. And so you find this you know, with Flat Earth and some of these other kinds of things that are floating around. You, you, as you tell one story, you just come up with extra explanations to, to explain this and that and the other. And when you're making the whole thing up, it's it's often... It, it does get to a point where, you know, you, you run into a bit of a hurdle and you're coming up, you struggle to come up with excuses or, or, or stories. But if you've got a creative mind, you can come up okay, with Okay, so here's the, here's the thing. If you, if, and this is the problem. You, you're flat earth. Your humans didn't go to the moon. Um, your um, reptilians, etc. All of these kinds of stories, what they do... All of these kinds of conspiracy theories, what they do is they cloud over and discredit the real conspiracy theories. And there are such things as real conspiracies that do take place, and we just don't give them you know, any credibility today because, like, oh, just another conspiracy theory. And, you know, look at this coronavirus and look at your Facebook feed, if you don't believe me, how many million of different conspiracy theories have been floating across your Facebook feed over the last couple of weeks just in relationship to coronavirus. People have been saying that, oh, it's, it, this is a hoax. That's you know, right. this is the government just trying to get everyone indoors so that they can go outdoors now, and, every, and do their own thing. There's every different conspiracy. There's, if you can name it, it is out there. Yeah. Okay, and, and of course, uh, you know, the reptilians and the Merovingian Marivig- dynasty, which I always tr- struggle to get my tongue around. 
um, that have been around. You know, there are aspects of this particular story that have been around, you know, for almost the last couple of thousand years. And I think this goes back all the way to, um, you know, people like the Gnostics. Yeah. um, Who came out of ancient Egypt and were were a mixture of um, Egyptian and uh, Greek philosophy mixed together. And, of course, that's where you find the Gospel of Mary Magdalene coming from. Um, That's where you find some of these other books that are going to give you this other information. However, there is a conspiracy that we do need to be concerned about, and it is a conspiracy about a certain reptilian, and you will find that in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 7 and 8. This is the reptilian you need to worry about. The Bible says that there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Okay, the Bible here speaks about the devil and Satan, the old serpent who deceives the world. If mm. you're going to be worried about a reptilian, that That's is the, one the reptilian. That is a real reptilian, and he is the one that you need to be worried about, and you can defeat him by giving your life to Jesus Christ. The Zan of Eden with hope, patience, and prayer. Lift your head, little one. Lift your eyes to see the sun Lift your heart and burden soul Oh, rejoice in hope Lift your head, little one Lift your
Welcome back, everybody. That was Anna Beaton with Hope, Patience and Prayer. You're listening to The Breakfast Show, and we are about to give something away. We've come to the end of our show. Liam, what are we giving away to the first caller through today? This morning, we are giving away creation and evolution, a thoughtful look at the evidence that a master designer created our planet. This is a book by Dwight Nelson. Okay, Dwight Nelson, very popular speaker, both uh, in the United States and around the world, uh, popular television speaker, and he has a book on creation and evolution. I think this is a, an excellent opportunity to get a great book, so give us a call right now. First caller through on 1-800-324-843, and that book will be yours. Uh, or you can text us on 0491 uh, Coming up after today's show, we have, I believe, John Bradshaw once again. He usually follows off us after the show. And so um, that's coming up next. So do stay tuned for some great programming. Um, quick reminder to tune in, of course, this evening between uh, 5 and 5.30 for the new live drive show coming out of South Australia. And uh, Gary Hodgkin will be heading that up over there with some really, really excellent material uh, for the Drive Show. Super excited about that. And, of course, we'd love to have your company every morning. If you'd like to know more about the Bible, you can do so by studying my Bible study course, The Prophetic Code, through the Discovery Center. So give us a call and we can set that up for you. And don't forget, as we remind you every day, talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we
FM Radio, bringing you peace, hope and certainty in uncertain times. Come. 